0: This show is about your mental health. While it's supported by the pillars of positivity and hope, if you find yourself in crisis, please reach out for help. In many communities in both the United States and Canada, you can dial two one one to be connected to mental health and crisis services in your region. While it may seem like it at times, you are not alone. Improving our mental health is so overwhelming. To overcome anxiety and depression, you need to have inner strength which of course needs clear thinking. You need to be present. You need to take control of what you can, but you need to know what you can and can't control, which you can't even think about if you're anxious and stressed. And so it goes. Just give me one place to start. The first need that will act as the foundation for all of the others. Well, here you go. Your first step. Good sleep. Let's start with that right now, on The Happy Molecule. Hi everyone, I'm Kevin Frankish. I look for life lessons everywhere. For months now, I've been watching construction going on across the street. The end result will be a 22-story addition to Sick Children's Hospital in Toronto that will bring with it a new age of healthcare to the most precious and vulnerable young patients. For months, two heavy cranes, lots of equipment, hundreds of men and women have all worked 12 hours a day, 6 days a week. And today, with all this effort, the site is still only a hole in the ground. Not one part of the new structure has started to reach upwards. And there's good reason. All this time, massive steel beams have been piled into the ground to reach bedrock, then buried. Pipes and wires have been strategically installed, then buried. Watching this, it occurs to me that the true strength of any building is its foundation Without this base, the foundation, the building would crumble and collapse. So what then is our foundation, our base? What is that unseen effort that provides the strength for us to stand up? It's sleep. For good mental health, it's everyone's basic starting point. And just as carefully as these contractors strategically place piping, wiring, We need to be just as strategic in how we sleep, when we sleep. Not too little, not too much. Without this foundation, this starting point, we will crumble. Alana McGinn is a sleep specialist from Burlington, Ontario, and this woman knows sleep. In fact, her podcast is called This Girl Loves Sleep. Alana McGinn, sleep consultant, founder of the Good Night Sleep site. How did, how did you become a sleep consultant?
1: So I started, you know, when my daughter, when my first daughter was born, she's almost 14 now, uh, sleep training to hire someone to help you sleep train your child wasn't really around. That industry wasn't really available. So, you know, I did sleep train her myself and slowly started helping friends and friends of friends. And um, then I became pregnant with my twins and always <laughs> knew I wanted my own business. Um, always knew I wanted to, but never thought it would be in sleep. Um, and then I uh, found out that you could be certified. So I got certified and started Goodnight Sleep Site. Uh, I remember they were 10 months old when I hit publish on my website. Um, and now, you know, almost 10 years later, we have 20 consultants worldwide. And um, yeah.
0: And, and so that is uh, goodnightsleepsite.com. Right. You also have a podcast called This Girl Loves Sleep. Sleep is. Everything. We, I think we take it for granted. You know, you, you animals sleep, we sleep, we will sleep yeah. every day. You could try and stay awake, but eventually you'll fall asleep. But it really is everything and we're doing it wrong.
1: It, it really is. And we struggle with it, you know, because I think we sleep, right? Whether we're sleeping well uh, enough, getting the right quality, we sleep, we do sleep. Um, so I think we, we don't really necessarily understand the need of it the our own personal sleep needs, uh, the importance of it. Uh, we don't put it in the same value as perhaps, uh, exercise and nutrition when it's one of the three pillars of health. Um, but, uh, it is, it's something that we struggle with and, and society struggles with for sure.
0: Please don't think this an oversimplified question. But why is sleep so important?
1: So, you know, funnily enough, there's more and more research still being done on it because we still don't know, you know, scientists, researchers still don't know exactly why we need to sleep or what happens when we're sleeping. What we do know is a lot of stuff internally happens. So, you know, our body is able to repair itself. Um, We're able to restore ourselves. You know, I always say imagine your brain being that filing cabinet when we're getting good quality sleep we're able to consolidate our memories uh, file away things that we've learned in that day um, prepare our brain again also think of your brain as that sponge right we're able to cement in everything that we've learned but we're also a- able to prepare it for what we're going to learn the next day um so a lot of Internally, internal things happen while we're sleeping. Um, and just how we feel day to day, you know, our day to day quality of life, how we feel when we've had a good night of sleep versus not.
0: And when it comes to mental health, I mean, there, these two go hand in hand. I know what it's like when you've not had a good sleep. Yeah. You, you're just you're nothing for the day. It it It, it just, you know, clouds your mind.
1: That's right. You know, we we work with a lot of, um, you know, we work with a lot of adults who suffer from um, from mental health, but we also work with a lot of young families. So we see, you know, we see some moms who are struggling with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Um, and we do always say, you know, lack of sleep doesn't necessarily cause things like mm-hmm. postpartum depression or anxiety or just depression and anxiety, but it can amplify any symptoms that you perhaps are, are, suffering from because of those illnesses. And we do, we do see a difference in the individual and how they feel just in their voice sometimes. Um, you know, once we're done working with them and they're sleeping better, the whole family is sleeping better. So we definitely see, uh, the results of getting a good night, of, good night of sleep versus not for sure.
0: Okay. Let's talk about some different situations for different people. Let's start with someone who is tired in in the evening, looks forward to going to bed, knows they're going to go to bed. Mm -hmm. They lay down and they check their phone, end up playing a game. Before long, it's two or three hours later and they're not overly tired, but they say to themselves, I got to turn the light out and I got to try and get to sleep. let's examine that kind of person right now. So I'm tired, I'm ready to go to bed.
1: Right, okay, so two things could be happening. One is, you know, we talk a lot about with our kids, don't get our kids overtired, right? And overtired is when you have left the drowsy state, when your body is kind of ready to fall asleep and now you've pushed too far and now they're in an overtired state. So this is when, Your body now is releasing adrenaline and cortisol rather than releasing that melatonin, right? That's our natural sleep hormone. So when we push past that point and the same is for adults and what happens is, you know, adults, we tend to generally start feeling the hit around, you know, seven, eight, nine, but no one goes to bed at seven, eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, And then we push ourselves too far because then our kids go to sleep um, or not. Or if you're, you know, just you're on your own. Um, and then we're watching those shows and we're doing everything but preparing our bodies to go to bed. And now we've hit that overtired state. So now it's we're not feeling that tiredness, but we know we need to go to sleep. So it's harder for our bodies. Our body's no longer preparing to go to sleep. It's now kind of being tricked into thinking it's it's got to stay awake. So it's harder to fall asleep. Um, so And also what it tends to happen too is, you know, throughout the day, we're so busy, we're so go to go, we're always connected on a screen or on something. Um, we're not allowing our brains to think about perhaps our to do list or to have any kind of, you know, our thoughts tend to get pushed down. So once our head hits the pillow, that's when the distractions are gone because now we're just alone in our beds. And boom, that's when your brain explodes and thinks about, you know, everything that happened that day, everything that needs to happen tomorrow, everything that happened 10 years ago, you know, all of those thoughts come flooding in because we're not allowing ourselves time throughout the day to have those thoughts, those worries, those stresses. People laugh because I say like, I want you to actually give yourself time throughout the day to stress out because that's because we're human. We're going to have whether you're in a state of mind where you have maybe a lot of stress or worry or where you're just having normal day-to-day stress or worry, we have to allow ourselves time throughout the day to work through those thoughts and work through those those worries and figure things out so that we're not leaving it to bedtime to do. And that's yeah, it, what we're doing.
0: I I, I give similar advice so, to, the, to the point of you, you when you feel that stress or anxiety during the day, deal with it head on. Yes. The very first second you feel it, Stop, yeah. identify it, exactly. label it, and then you've you've dealt with it because mm-hmm. you're right. You get to bed and 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 it's like and it becomes it becomes like a cycle in yeah. there, a downward spiral where yeah. it just one thought leads to another thought leads to another thought, then it goes back to the top and it, and 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 it keeps going.
1: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, we, we call it clock watching too. That's when you tend to look at the clock and start, <laughs> that just amplifies that stress. Cause then you start doing the countdown, right? If I go to sleep now, I'll get five hours. If I go to sleep now, I'll get four hours. Um, so turn the clock around, set your alarm. No, trust it's going to go off. You're going to wake up when you have to turn it around um, and really focus on committing to, to getting a good night of sleep.
0: Okay. So now your brain is, you know, it, it's an, active organ. It is a living, breathing organ and it gets tired too. We sort of just sort of feel our bodies are tired, you know, Right. but our brain gets tired and thoughts get screwed up and the neurons up there or they slow down. Uh, In fact, there's been some studies that have shown that deja vu is actually an overtired brain in which it's taking longer from for a thought to go from the, the the left part of the brain to the to the right part of the brain to be analyzed.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have to we have to kind of look at our entire um our entire body. Like you said, our physical body, um, our our brains, our minds. Um, and really allowing that rest. So this is where I talk a lot about just making sure that you're setting those boundaries on what you're allowing to go into your brain because our brains are busy. I, I you know, I don't I don't like to preach balance because I, you know, I run my own business, I have three children, I have a husband who also, you know, needs me to pay attention to him every now and then too. <laughs> Um, you know, balance is is really hard to attain. Um, and I gave up on it a long time ago. And I make sure that I just, you know, sometimes my business needs my full attention and the family might get neglected. And sometimes my family needs my full attention and the business might get neglected. And you know, that's okay. So it's really important to kind of set those boundaries um, to give your brain that rest. And a great time to do that is at bedtime. You know, I think uh, we have a, a motto at Goodnight Sleep Site where we talk about bringing back bedtime because bedtime is the one time of the day where you can really decompress and really get rid of the distractions and really um, focus on the relationship between perhaps you and your child or you and your partner or just you and yourself and really making sure that you're allowing that preparation for sleep um, and just that that time for yourself to to do, you know, whatever you want to do to set those boundaries and give your brain and your body a bit of that rest to help prepare you to go to bed.
0: Do you have any tricks for falling asleep? I had a friend who had said to me once that when, when she had trouble falling asleep, she would just keep wiggling her feet nonstop.
1: Yeah. You know
0: what? <laughs> it worked for me.
1: There's a lot. Well, and you know, that, that um, comes into our relaxation techniques where, um, you know, you're kind of going through, you're going up actually up from your toes to your whole body and kind of tightening them up and loosening them up and tightening them up and loosening them up and um, there's a lot of different techniques that you can do to help you fall asleep uh, a lot of different soothing techniques that work for some people so like your friend wiggling your toes that was kind of a soothing technique you know um, we see a lot of kids you know we get a lot of kids who are perhaps headbangers and parents get really concerned or you know they're kind what do of- you mean a headbanger like, they're literally banging their head on their pillow or really? on their mattress. Yeah, okay. and that's the point where they're going to get yeah, injured, but, the, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a soothing technique in, in some ways, you know. It's Parents obviously get worried when they see this, but a lot of time it's just that's how the child's learning to soothe. That's where you get the thumb suckers and the nose rubbers and all of that, you know. Um, so with adults, you know, you have to kind of, I always say just whatever works for you, whatever's going to allow you to get into that state of slumber, where your mind, your brain can start to quiet down, your mind can t- start to quiet time and you can start to drift off um, works. It might be something like, you know, we laugh when we hear it. It's such an old thing to do, but, you know, counting sheep, like there's something to be said about that. That's some. That's that's a way of kind of bringing yourself into that present state of mind, re- releasing and, and getting rid of all those thoughts that you might be having that's not allowing you to sleep and just counting sheep. Something that I do is... <laughs> I I I will think of a, a home whether it be mine or whether it be my parents or my mother-in-law's or something and I'll redesign it in my house like in my in my brain I'll redesign the house like that's just something for me to do to kind of make me think of one thing and and kind of keep away all the other things that might be not allowing me to sleep.
0: Okay, we're going to do the uh, me3 right now. This is a list of three simple things that people can do right now, no expense, but that you can make a list right now. And if you follow these three things, you're on your way, and in this case, to a better sleep. Okay. So let's let's go with your me three. What are three things people can do to put on that list that gets them started towards a better sleep?
1: I think a big thing right now, especially given everything that's going on, is we really need to focus on our sleep environment. And this is something that I always talk about regardless of the state of the world. But I think now more than ever, because we are so much at home right now, uh, whether you're working from home, whether your child's being, you know, doing remote learning or whatever, um, our bedrooms are kind of becoming that room where we are doing everything perhaps but sleeping, right? It's becoming your home office, it's becoming your kid's classroom, it's becoming your your home gym or your entertainment center. And I think now more than ever, we really have to protect that space for sleep only. Um, and your bedroom should always be pro- protected for sleep only. Um, so, you know, you want to be able to walk in your bedroom and instantly feel that connection with sleep. Um, you want to be able to get into your bed and feel that strong association between sleep and your bed. Um, so if you're working in your bed or, or you know, watching a lot of TV or, or just doing other things in your bed that isn't sleeping, uh, really your bedroom should be for sleep and sex. So I'm not going to like take that out of the equation. Not necessarily,
0: not necessarily in that order. Exactly. So, okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs>
1: Exactly, second, right. but we'll just talk about sleep for now. <laughs> okay. uh, but you know, it's really important to, to um, make sure that your room is set up for your sleep space. So you can start with just clearing away the clutter. We might not have a choice, you know, your bedroom mm. might have to be your workspace because that's where you get, you know, that's where things are quiet and that's where you're able to work and that's fine. But once you're done your work, put everything away. So it's out of sight, out of mind. So that when it is time to go to bed, you're not staring at your computer, you're not staring at your work files, or you're not thinking of that email that perhaps you forgot to send or that deadline that that's soon approaching. So put all that away. Um, And then creating the right environment to sleep. So whether that be, um, you know, we're getting into cooler months. So something as simple as changing your bedding, you know, Um, we don't have to have the same bedding year round. So throughout the winter months, you might want. You know, maybe your warm cozy flannels or you want you might want that thicker um that thicker duvet or bedding you know if you're sleeping beside the person i always say customize your side of the bed to you not to both of you so maybe your your partner is more of a cool sleeper whereas you're more of a hot sleeper you don't have to have the same blankets maybe you need a more more breathable fabrics more uh wicking fabrics more uh you know cotton fabrics and your your maybe your partner wants a more uh, cozy duvet so I'm really customized. Same with pillows, right? You don't have to have the same pillows. You have to choose what pillow works best for you. So really customize your side of the bed to you um, and really create that conducive environment. So keeping it dark, keeping it cool, keeping it quiet um, and focusing on a good, almost like a sleep sanctuary.
0: Does it matter if you make your bed?
1: You know, I'm a big, I like to make my bed. And I think there is something to be said about getting into a freshly made bed. I really do. And I'm not saying fresh sheets. We should be washing our sheets once a week, um, ideally, that should be happening, um, but I do think it's it's like a signal, right? So it's the same thing now as even um, what we're wearing because we're working from home. A lot of us are waking up in the morning and going to bed at the same in the same outfit that we're wearing when we woke up, right? Because we don't have to get changed for anything. Um, but you know, it's these little cues. So something as simple as taking down your bed or turning down your bed. Getting changed in pajamas. These are little cues again to the brain, to the mind that it's time to go to bed. So I think there is something to be said about making your bed every day.
0: Okay. Uh, that's one sleep environment. Uh, now, what's number two?
1: I think number two is really working on, you know, obviously now stress levels, anxiety levels, mental health issues are at an all time high for obvious reasons. Um, And I think it's really important that we really focus on that alone. And that doesn't just have to be at bedtime, um, or just in regards to sleep, I think just overall, people really need Mm. to be focusing on bettering their own mental health. Um, So maybe it might be, you know, you know talking to a professional about it or speaking to your doctor about it if you're really struggling with that um it could be something just as simple as incorporating a daily walk you know just getting in that fresh air getting in that daily activity you know ideally we should be still getting 30 minutes of vigorous activity um, per day and that really helps body mind and soul for sure so it could be something just as simple as a daily walk i'm not saying everyone has to learn to meditate and uh you know you don't have to necessarily take that step if you if you don't want to take that step but there's we, we're very fortunate where there are a lot of resources um, to better help our, our own mental health. So it might be just that step in just looking into some of those resources or including some more activities like that daily walk or just daily exercise that can help our mental health. And that in turn will then help you sleep better
0: at night. It is, it, you know, it, it's one of the worst places to start contemplating your mental health is I when know. you're just trying to fall asleep. That's right. It, it just becomes, again, that downward spiral start, starts happening and it, it stresses yeah. people out more. So I always encourage yeah. people, as soon as you feel anxiety, as soon as, soon as you feel stressed during the day, right. confront it, label yeah. it, look at it, deal with it at, at that time.
1: Yeah, I call it, um, we call it a uh, good night's sleep, we call it a personal pause. So allow yourself throughout the day to have that personal pause. Now that personal pause can look in different ways. It could be a time throughout the day where you do maybe meditate or practice mindful breathing or mindful thoughts. So just allowing your yourself to be in that present state of mind a minute or two a day, you know, maybe two or three times throughout the day. Again, it doesn't have to just be at bedtime. But then that personal pause could also be time, exactly what you said, to tackle that stress and anxiety head on. So maybe there is something that you're trying to work out in your brain, or there is something that's stressing you out or giving you anxiety. How can you work on it at that time? So maybe just writing it out in a journal or writing it out on a piece of paper. Um, And just again, giving yourself that personal pause throughout the day so that it's not then attacking your brain at night when you should be sleeping.
0: What do you think about the idea of having a pad and a paper, a pad and pencil uh, beside the bed?
1: I'm a big, yeah, I'm a big advocate of that. I think there is something to be said about putting pen to paper as opposed to typing it out on your phone. Um, So again, when I say journaling at the night table, and this is something that I include a lot in in my education, in my talks, it doesn't mean, you know, a diary writing out Mm. all your goals and dreams. It could just be writing out your to-do list for tomorrow. You know, it could just be writing out some of your goals that you want to accomplish in that week. Or just writing out your stresses and anxieties, getting them out on paper, you know, just so again, it's, I say, you know, give your brain that dump so that it's not swimming around in your mind when you're trying to go to bed or at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up.
0: Because our brain is trying to do us a favor. It's saying, I'll remember this for you. Okay. Oh, you're stressed out about this. (laughs) You're anxious about this. Let let me, let me take care of that. And it keeps ruminating back, back there. So getting it out on paper. Okay. Uh, So that's improve your sleep environment, alleviate stress the best you can. Now, number three.
1: Number three is, and this is something I've been talking a lot lately, is if you are struggling with sleep issues and you really want to, you know, this is a great time, um, you know, time of the year to kind of where people start really focusing on their health and their overall wellness. I want to work out more. I want to eat better. Very rarely do we talk about sleeping well, right? Mm -hmm. But. I will say in the past few years, sleep has really started to gain the same kind of importance and value as the other two pillars of health, exercise and nutrition, which is amazing. I I like to think that I have some part of that, but I think that's awesome. Now, But what's important is that when you're putting your sleep plan together, because it is a sleep plan, you know, there is going to be goals that you're going to try and work towards to to better your sleep, you have to commit to it in the same way that you would commit to your nutritional plan or your workout plan. You know, when we're when we say okay, I'm going to start working out. You know what days of the week you're going to work out. You know what exercises you're going to do those those uh, days, and you commit to it long term. You don't just work out for two days and think that's it. I'm done. You know it's something that you you work towards. Uh, same with you know uh, if you're trying to start healthy eating or whatever kind of different nutritional uh, diet you're trying. You know you put a grocery list together. You have your meal set out. You've got a meal plan, and you commit to it. The same has to be done with sleep. And this is kind of going back to what I was saying before is because we all sleep, whether we're doing it well or enough, we don't commit to it in the same way. And you're not just, if you're really struggling with sleep, it's not just going to get fixed overnight. It's just not, you know, it takes 21 days to change a habit. So it's really important to put that plan together and commit to it the same way you would commit to any other kind of health plan that you're putting together for yourself. You say
0: you, you, you say, you say you, you, you you're, you you're, you're, going to write down your goals when when it comes to sleep and planning sleep what should my goals be what are reasonable goals
1: I think reasonable goals would be first to identify what your own personal sleep needs are you know often we hear everyone should be getting 17 hours of sleep for the most part that's true you might function fine on six you might function you might need nine you know you might be that person who maybe needs a little bit more so figure out kind of what your personal baseline of sleep, what is the amount of sleep per night that you get and you feel like you function fine. A lot is said on how you feel every day, right? So as long as you feel like you're functioning fine um, then and well, then that is the amount of sleep that you want to try to hit. Um, so reasonable goals would be finding out your personal sleep needs, um, just again, focusing on bedtime, something as simple as just focusing on, you know what, I'm going to start doing a consistent bedtime routine, whatever you want to include in that routine. But that routine is important. We focus so much on routine for our kids, but we tend to just not really, focus. for us, we go from 100 to zero like that. We just think, okay, I'm going to shut everything off and just go to bed. You still need to have that that routine in place. Um, and then focusing on a, a good conducive sleep environment. So so three really simple tips that you can start doing. Tech plays a role too, which I know we'll talk about. Um, but those are just three easy tips that you can easily include for sure.
0: I love that. That that's a that's a great tip. I'm gonna start that tonight. I have mm-hmm. ne- I've always said, to, you know, I always say, I need a better sleep. I need to try and get to bed on time. I need, you know, I I, I need to feel better in the morning but i've yeah. never sat down and said okay here's how i'm going to achieve that goal yeah. because it's not just as simple as getting to bed on time
1: no it's it's again it's it's you have to put that plan in place and you need to write out those goals and and they they're not they're not difficult goals to hit it's just it's a change of habit is really what it comes down to a change of day-to-day habit but then committing to those day-to-day habits, it's the same as you know, again, working on an eating well. You know, I'm going to stop eating dessert every night. That's just a simple day-to-day habit that you're going to stop doing. Uh, I'm going to focus on getting out da- outside for a daily walk. You know, that's just a day-to-day habit that you're going to start doing. It's the same for sleep.
0: Okay, hey, so eating now, eating and drinking. Yeah. What What, what are the dos a lot of and that's don'ts? Happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: A lot of that's happening lately. Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, a lot of, a lot of the reason why a lot of us, I think right now too, are struggling with sleep is a lot of us are eating more than we normally do. I think that's fair to say, perhaps drinking more than we normally do, and also perhaps eating foods that we're not used to eating. Right. I remember when the pandemic first started, it was like, everyone was making bread. We were, I was making bread and I'm not a huge bread eater. And suddenly I was like consuming so much bread throughout the day, uh, throughout the week. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a change. Your body's like, Hey, I'm not used to digesting this or I'm not used to metabolizing this. So I'm going to focus, really focus a lot on that instead of really getting good restorative sleep is really what's happening. So, um, you know, sticking to, again, you know, Eating healthy, as healthy as you can eat, uh, you know, and that's just something as simple as eliminating as much processed food as you can, not eating too late at night, you know, at least four hours. Uh, you should be uh, stopping eating at least four hours before you it, go to bed because, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, no, no.
0: Well, I just, just, we're going to continue on with that, but, but I just had a thought there because, but I get hungry. Yeah. Okay. But I'm hungry at 930, 10 o'clock right. at night. Out come the leftovers from supper, um if I am hungry yeah do I ignore it do I just go to, to go to bed hungry
1: I mean listen there's it depends how hungry you are if you're starving then, you know, you can have a little healthy bedtime snack, again, sticking to clean food, sticking to, um, you know, unprocessed food, nothing heavy, nothing spicy, nothing with caffeine, obviously. Um, I mean, if you're a little hungry, it's okay to go to bed. If you're really starving at night, then that might be something that you need to focus on in in how am I eating throughout the day to change that? Like, am I eating enough throughout the day? Am I eating, um, you know, if you're eating, you know, three meals a day, do I need to break that up to, you know, five more smaller meals throughout the day. Like that might be you having to kind of look and see what your 24 hour or what your daytime eating habits are. Um, but what we do, what we want to avoid is we want to avoid eating that heavy meal before we go to bed because again, we don't want our bodies can only work on so many things at once. And when we're eating so much food before we're going to bed, or eating different foods before we're going to bed, your body is gonna be working on digesting those foods. Instead of working on getting that healthy sleep or getting that deep sleep that we need. So your body isn't able to get into that restorative state of sleep if it's busy working on something else.
0: Now, part of an important part of sleep is waking up. How do we wake up? You know, we we hit that alarm. We're dead tired. We're tired. And we'll hit snooze two, three, four, five times however long it'll let us do it. Yeah. Yeah what is the best way to wake up?
1: So the best way to wake up, I mean, if you are waking up, you know, it's hard for me to be like, if you're waking up tired, something's wrong. Of course we're waking up tired because we would want to sleep in. We do have to wake up earlier than perhaps we want to, but um, you know, when you're following consistent sleep patterns. So, you know, trying to go to bed at the same time every night, trying to wake up at the same time every morning, that morning wake up tends to become a little bit easier when you're falling. That's actually step one, always of proper sleep hygiene. So sleep hygiene are the steps and practices that an individual takes to sleep. Well, we've talked a lot about them, you know, bedtime routine, setting up a great sleep environment, uh, foods, nutrition, all of that. Consistent sleep patterns are one of them for sure. Um, So again, keeping that, I always say that 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, protect your bedtime and wake time as best you can. 20% 20% of the time life happens, you might go to bed late, you might sleep in a little bit, not a big deal. Um, but waking up in a natural state is always the best way to wake up. So making sure you're immersing yourself in that natural light. Uh, I know now it's hard because the mornings are dark. Uh, you know We're going into a season where mornings are darker. Um, there's a lot of great wake up lights that you can purchase that It's like an alarm clock that slowly um, uh, changes the hues of the the color of the alarm clock. So it allows your body to wake up in that natural state. Something to keep in mind is when we are turning off the snooze and listen, I am just as guilty of that myself hitting that snooze, you know, five, six, seven times, you actually start to, to wake up in what we call a state of inertia. So you, you might notice that our state of sleep inertia, what you might notice is when you're waking up after that second or third alarm, you actually feel worse than when the alarm originally went Mm -hmm. off. Yes, yes. Because you're falling back asleep and you're waking up in kind of, um, your body's confused, right? It's, 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 you're falling back asleep in that deep state of sleep. And then suddenly you're being forced to wake up again. So it's almost like a sleep hangover. So the best thing to do is to wake up when the alarm originally goes off. Which is sometimes hard to do. If you struggle with that a lot, my best tip always is set your alarm away from your bed so that you have to physically get out of bed to turn it off. Um, so that you're up, you're out. Chances are you probably won't get back into bed. Um, but you know, having those consistent sleep patterns can really help because the more you follow them, your body will actually just naturally start to wake up at that time. So it's not so hard to wake up in the morning.
0: We had bought our son one of those alarm clocks that something flies off of it and you have to go chase it oh, uh, around the room to, to put it on. No, it's not a good idea.
1: <laughs> he didn't go for it, eh? Well,
0: he did, but he was grumpy for the rest of the day because he was so <laughs> mad he couldn't find it. And, and so so yeah, I mean you have to you have to think about that.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: How long does it take to fall into sleep? It fall into a deep sleep.
1: Well, so an average sleep cycle for an individual is 90 to 110 minutes. Uh, So that's a full cycle of sleep. Typically, we should be having about five to six of those cycles throughout the night. Within that cycle of sleep, it's what we call uh, different sleep architectures. So we're going, we are starting into a lighter state of sleep, then getting into a deeper state of sleep, and then partially um, what we call partial arousal, getting into that lighter state of sleep again, and then falling into that next cycle of sleep. Um, So again, at that 90 to 110 minute mark. As the cycles go on throughout the night, the amount of deeper sleep gets longer per cycle. So that's why the quality, obviously, of sleep that we want to get is so important. But the quantity of sleep is so important as well, because when we're shortening our quantity of sleep, we're not getting enough quality of sleep because we're not allowing enough cycles to get into that more deeper sleep, if that makes sense. Um, So that's where that seven to eight hours kind of plays a role or six hours or nine hours, however much you need, because that allows you to get the full cycles of sleep, therefore the full amount of deep restorative sleep that your body needs.
0: All right, so holiday time, let's talk about, let's talk about this. And sleep is the only sleep that's on the list is the Christmas Eve sleep for your kids. (laughs) Other than that, we don't think about sleep all that much because we have too much to do.
1: Right. This is, um, I know, I know for myself and I know just in my community of, you know, obviously I have a lot of friends who are in the same kind of, you know, younger kids. I mean, my kids are 14 and nine. Um, but this, I would have to say by mid November to Christmas is probably one of the most stressful times for many reasons, right? You've got the holiday stress, uh, now we're dealing with potential lockdown, pandemic stress. Um, you know, we're dealing with financial stress for many of us. Um, it's, it's a stressful time of life. So, um, you know, we're definitely, definitely feeling that. And because of that, um, sleep, you know, it's not only our kids that are not sleeping, waiting for Santa, uh, it's we're not sleeping at night, you know, and this is a, this is a time of year where a lot of us are really struggling with sleep for sure.
0: So let's talk about sleep during the holidays. Um and this is actually a good time to ask you, how, how, how about napping? How-
1: yeah. Napping is great. Here's the thing. Napping is, uh, it depends on the individual. So if you are someone who doesn't struggle with sleep, who has a pretty good relationship with sleep, who sleeps relatively well throughout the night and you want to throw in a nap here or there, that's fine. But if you are someone who really struggles with sleep, who has difficulty falling asleep at night or getting a full night of sleep. Um, I like to say, try to limit that daytime sleep because our goal, coming back to waking up in the morning, our goal, the moment we wake up is to build a drive for sleep for, to help us fall asleep at night. How we build that drive for sleep is keeping those consistent sleep patterns, right? Not allowing us to sleep in too much in the, during the day or in the morning. Um, but also, you know, physical activity activity. Exercise, getting out in the fresh air, immersing yourselves in that natural light, all of that stuff helps our body build a drive to sleep so that it's easier for us to, to fall asleep at night. Um I totally lost my train of thought what your original question was now.
0: Yeah, about napping.
1: Oh, napping. Thank you. So when you're napping throughout the day, uh we're we're eliminating that drive for sleep because we're getting it throughout the day and we're not allowing it to be strong enough to help us fall asleep at night. So Long story short, if you are someone who struggles with sleep at night, my suggestion would be to limit your daytime sleep and really focus on getting it in at night rather than during the day.
0: Okay. And and if we do nap, so, I mean, the rule is 20 minutes, right?
1: Yeah, there is a right way and a wrong way to nap. So this, again, is coming back to the sleep cycle or sleep cycle, right? So 90 to 110 minutes throughout that cycle of sleep around that 30 to 60 minute mark is when we tend to kind of fall into even, you know, 25 minutes is when we tend to fall into that deeper state of sleep. So this is if you are that person who naps and actually feels worse when they wake up from that nap than they did when they originally fell asleep for that nap, it's likely because you're waking up in a state of deep sleep. So again, that's where sleep inertia comes in it's, it's feeling groggy and foggy when you're waking up kind of like that sleep hangover so if you're gonna nap nap for about 15 to 20 minutes that's enough to help you feel refreshed restored um you know give you that little boost of energy that perhaps you need or commit to the full 90 minutes so you're doing the full cycle of sleep and waking up in that lighter state of sleep we want to avoid waking up when your body's in that deeper state of sleep
0: and there are apps, actually. I mean, you can get them at the App Store or the yeah. Google Play Store that sort of have a microphone and they listen for you starting to rustle and right. try and wake you up at the end of a cycle. Do they work?
1: They can. There's a lot of great tech out there that and and this is what I love about you know, now is that there's a lot of great companies that are putting really great apps, really great tech that's helping people not only nap well, like you were mentioning, but just sleep well. Um, And there's really been a focus on that we've seen in the tech world, which is fantastic.
0: All right. This Christmas and New Year's season is unlike any other. It has stressed us out like unlike any other. So Mm -hmm. sleep is so, so important, more important, I think, than any other Christmas season, so let's talk about the gift of sleep, shall we?
1: <laughs> My <Let's>... favorite gift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's... People may not think about sleep ideas as yeah. gifts. And in... okay, let's talk about things like pillows. I mean, we're uh-huh. supposed to change our pillows how often?
1: You're looking at a change of pillows probably every six months. Um, yeah every, si- yeah. every six months you should be washing your pillows. um, Seasonally, actually, you should yeah. be washing your pillows. But you're probably looking at a change of pillows every six months. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, yeah. I mean, I changed my pillows actually two days ago Yeah. Uh, for the first time in two years. So, <laughs> okay. uh, so a pillow might be a good gift, a really decent pillow.
1: Really decent pillow. My kids are getting three. I have to wish for that.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're each getting one. But yeah, it's a great gift. It's, it's a great gift because, you know, if you're really investing in a great pillow, um, it's an investment. It can be an investment for sure, but it's an investment towards better sleep. So, um, you know, something, uh, you know, a great pillow, new bedding. Uh, Like I said, we're going into the winter season, maybe a new set of flannel sheets, Um, you know, focusing on the sleep environment. So it could be, uh, you know, focusing on what's on your night table. Perhaps you want to incorporate some aromatherapy, um, a great new alarm clock. I mean, there's so many um, great sleep gift ideas.
0: So we had, you know, the alarm clock. We talked about the one where the light slowly comes on. Those are readily available. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, lavender, what what about lavender? Lavender Does Does lavender work?
1: It can. I mean, again, I think, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about essential oils and including things like lavender and scents. And, and, you know, I, I definitely think that when you're creating that great sleep environment, you should be focusing on your five senses for sure. Um, I don't think that there's any quick fix to sleeping well, so I don't think it's going to be something as simple as spraying some lavender, you know, spray on your pillow. And that's going to help if you're really struggling with sleep. But I think it's an amazing addition to your sleep plan. So, you know, there's, there could be different layers and to whatever plan you're creating. Um, and I think the environment as a whole is a great layer to, to add. Um, and again, focusing on sight, smell, I'm not going to go through all the five sentences because I'm probably going to forget them. <laughs> um, but really focusing on the obvious. Um, and there's a lot of great gift ideas for that.
0: And and we, you know, there's a lot of people who do those gift certificates that, you know, they will draw out gift certificates, the homemade yeah. things, especially kids. So, uh, you know, maybe centering some around sleep. What are some ideas you can come up with right now on the fly for some ideas for gift certificates uh, around sleep?
1: For kids? You for kids
0: be? to give to their parents.
1: For kids to give their parents, it could be, I mean, you know, you're going to laugh, but I mean, if a kid's giving it to a parent, it could be, you know, I'm mom, dad, I'm going to go to bed really well tonight. (laughs) I can definitely help with parents sleep. Um, You know, gift certificates. I mean, it could be, do you mean like gift certificates that they're making?
0: That they're making. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it could be, you know, I will, um, you know, give you, I don't know, uh, I'm just trying to think what my kids w- would create for me, you know, it could be something like, um, I'll read you a bedtime story. Oh, or, I like that. Um, you know, just a simple book for a bedtime story, creating yeah. an old book that that the parents could read for a bedtime story. Or, you know, with your older kids, it could be something like putting a soothing playlist together for, to incorporate at the bedtime routine, um, you know, anything like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then the the sleep too sometimes suffers just simply because we're completely out of routine. Yeah. And routine sure. is, when it comes to sleep, sleep routine is important and our bodies need that.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I think routine any kind of daytime routine is important, whether it be bedtime routine, daytime routine, morning routine, especially if you're a family, especially if you have younger kids, Uh, you know, even with when I say younger, I mean, I'm even including tween and teen in there, you know, routine is so important. And I think a big part of, you know, working from home is the struggle of finding that balance of working from home, even doing school from home. Um, You know, you and I were talking about it before I've I've worked for home for years, but it took me a good two years to really create boundaries on my work at home schedule. So that might've been, you know, uh, really protecting my weekends. Because when you work from home, you tend to work always, right? Your computer's always on. You're always working. Your Saturdays are no different than a Monday. Um, And it was really important for me to really protect my weekends and keep... Now I actually have a role where my computer doesn't get turned on on a Saturday. Um, And my kids will even, like, call me out on it if they see me going for the computer on a Saturday. They're like, it's Saturday, mom. I'm like, you're right. So... It's important to create those boundaries. But now we have people who have worked in an office for however many years and now are being, you know, working from home. And it's hard to put those boundaries together right away and to get that routine together. So bedtimes are getting a lot later. Sleep ins are happening a lot more. um, And that affects how we sleep as well. Tech plays a big role into it, too. How much tech we're allowing into our world, especially now that we're online so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that plays a role.
0: Tech in the bedroom now. So, so when we have our smartphones in our bedrooms, or even even just watching uh, television, what are your rules about that?
1: So, I used to be really strict with with, with my rules. I've changed a little bit of how I kind of relay this message across because I am, uh, you know, I am a mom of three. I do work from home. I do um, appreciate the evening hours when the kids are either doing their own thing or off to bed. Um, and, and like I said, because mental health is, is so important right now and people are looking for ways to kind of reduce that stress and anxiety. I think now, instead of my messaging before of, removing tech completely and giving yourself that tech curfew, I think that definitely plays a role with individuals who are really struggling with sleep. I think that's important. Keep tech out of the bedroom, give your night table that audit and remove that tech. Um, But I also understand the importance of, listen, if there's a show that you really enjoy watching and you finally have time to get caught up on an episode or two at night, provided your bedtime isn't getting pushed out till two Mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning, I think that's okay. You know, If you want to text with a friend because you just need that We can't be in person right now with our friends and friendship is so important. And Just connecting with people right now is so important. And if texting or having a Zoom call is the only way you can do it and, you know, nine o'clock at night is the only time you can do it because that's just what works for both your schedules, go for it. Um, But then also set boundaries on the tech tech that you're allowing in. For me, it's the news, you know, those headlines are huge triggers for my own anxiety. So I stay away from that. I set Mm -hmm. boundaries on that probably within the first couple of weeks of the pandemic because it was just too much. So, um, you know, now I check in a couple of times throughout the day. Some days I don't check in at all. I just kind of let it go. Um, But, you know, setting, you know, not watching the news right before you go to bed, staying away from social media accounts that maybe just don't make you feel great, that maybe give you a sense of FOMO or just, you know, kind of heighten any anxiety or stress you might be feeling, Staying away from work emails, you know, hitting that, those work deadlines right before you go to bed isn't normally a good idea. So allowing the tech in that makes you feel good. Like I said, there's a lot of great tech apps that can help you sleep better. Mindfulness apps and meditation apps and mindful breathing apps, sound machine apps. Um, Those are okay to bring into the bedroom, Um, but setting boundaries on what doesn't allow you to fall asleep well, but then also if you are really struggling with sleep, removing it completely for sure.
0: All right. The uh, website, goodnightsleepsite.com. What are people going to find there?
1: Uh, We have a lot of great resources there. So we always obviously have programs. A majority of our programs are for the younger age um, kids, but we also have a lot of great adult information, uh, podcast episodes, uh, videos, media videos as well, media segments I've done. Uh, We have a lot of great blog posts and articles that you can read. Um, We do a lot of corporate stuff too. So we have a lot of information on corporate sleep health, corporate lunch and learn information, um, it's a really great touch touchstone and, and sleep resource for individuals who are looking to sleep better
0: and the podcast this girl loves sleep.
1: This girl loves sleep yeah you can download it anywhere where you download podcasts uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple music all of that um, and uh, we cover all sleep topics and interviews as well.
0: Alana McGinn thank you. Thank you. I've spoken to many experts on this podcast on how we can improve and maintain our mental health. Change is vital. Changing our way of thinking, of reacting, changing how and what we eat. All are important and vital. However, not one of these things is more important than allowing our body to rest, to reset, to rebuild. If nothing else seems to be working for you right now, Begin at the beginning. Good sleep. Let's start with that. Take care of yourself and take care of each other.
1: Please consider subscribing to this podcast and also check out the Happy Molecule Extra at the Happymolecule.com. There you'll find a link to a video version of this episode, be able to join the conversation about mental health, learn about our Facebook live show, and get a preview of upcoming episodes. You can email us at thehappymolecule at gmail.com. I'm Erin Davis, wishing you good mental health.